Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. everybody how you doing how y'all doing welcome 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 y'all let's give jesus a round of applause yo let's give jesus a round of applause how y'all doing where all the smiles at man where all the smiles at where all the smiles at man how's everybody doing where your faces let me see your faces let me see how everybody's doing man welcome guys welcome welcome y'all it is such an amazing oh my god i'm so excited Yo, I am so, I am so excited, guys. Today we have a brand new series. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Y'all, y'all don't even know, man. God has been bringing us from glory to glory to glory. We've gone through so many different things, so many different seasons, so many different waves, man. When I tell you, Amen. All right, y'all. Let's get it, y'all. Let's get it, man. Hope everybody is doing well, keeping safe this week, man. I'm, can y'all hear? Are y'all y'all able to hear? Can you hear? Can they hear? Give me one. Hold on one second, guys. y'all hear can everybody hear in here can y'all hear no. we want to know if the audio if you can hear the audio can y'all hear nobody can't hear in the comment section can y'all hear the audio Can y'all hear? Can everybody hear? Cause we about to go live. Y'all ready? We can hear. Can y'all hear us? Yeah. Let us know if y'all can hear us. Cause we want to make sure y'all can hear. Give me a thumbs up in the comment section if you can hear. <laughs> Devil ain't gonna stop this one, boy. Devil is not gonna stop this one, man. Y'all, let's just open up in prayer right now. Let's just pray right now. If you got your phones down, put your phones down and lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you are everything that we need. Father, you're the answer to every problem. You are the solution to every question that we have. God, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would be with us in this moment, that you would strengthen us, that you would give us insight, divine revelation to understand, God, that you are doing a great and miraculous thing in our lives. Father, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing. We pray, God, that you would increase in us, that you would strengthen us in Jesus' mighty name. Can, can y'all hear us? We want to make, I know you can hear us on uh, other platforms. If we're on Instagram Live, you can hear us on Instagram Live. Um, can you hear us on YouTube? If you're on YouTube, let us know if you can hear us. If we're on Zoom, try to correct this audio problem here. I think, is the audio problem on Zoom? Said. 
We're just going to ask if you're joining in with us on Zoom. We've seen a couple people go on to uh, Instagram Live. If you're on Zoom, log off of Zoom and log back on. We're going to see if we can re reboot this system here because we want to make sure that we dive in this word. Nothing is going to stop this word tonight. If you're with us online, log off right now and go back and click the link in the bio of the Instagram movement page. We're going to reset our Zoom application because we have a bunch of y'all on there. We want to make sure that y'all can, can see exactly what we're doing. So we'll make sure we get that. Testing, testing. Can y'all hear? Just a few minutes. Can y'all hear? And I mean, we're here, so we'll just give you a thumbs up as soon as we can hear you. Can y'all hear us? Testing, can y'all hear us? Hey, Raya. Testing, can y'all hear us? Testing, can y'all hear us? Testing, can y'all hear us? You know what? Let's tell everybody to go on YouTube Live right now. Tell everyone, tell, text them, text Aaliyah, type in the comment section. Tell everyone, tell them to tell everyone to go into YouTube Live right now. YouTube Live is streaming right now, right? Is it on? Yeah. Is YouTube Live working? Yeah. Do we have sound? Is YouTube working? YouTube has sound. That's what they said? Mm -hmm. I'm listening to them. I'm not copying them. Did you tell them to, I want to hear them say it. Can you turn it up? It's on YouTube Live. I, I want to hear them say that they're sending everyone there. That's all uh, good. Amen. Who else do we have? We have Katesh. Tell, 
Petsia. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess up your name, sis. So yes, let's all just just stay in a, a prayerful space in our heart and our spirit while we just allow a few minutes for Javier and um, Chaz, our amazing team, to uh, get the get the bugs worked out. Amen. He just chatted and said, "Can everyone redirect to YouTube Live?" Okay, so let's go ahead and do that, and we'll catch you on that side. So I just want to hear this thing. Amen. Okay. No, it's not that. It's dark. Right. Yeah. Set the computer, you can see the OBS, right? So, so you can see it on YouTube Live, right? Yes, we're live on YouTube okay, Live. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Computer. Amen. Let's run it back, man. Amen, guys. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. We're about to dive in. If you're joining, if you're coming in from Zoom, uh, any of our other platforms, uh, we're having some technical difficulties there. But, man, God is good, man. We are going to dive into tonight's word. I'm so excited, man. The devil is not going to stop this one, man. First off, man, we just want to give God praise. We want to give God honor and glory. If you're joining us live on any of our other platforms or YouTube, we want to thank you for being present. We know that God is faithful to do what he sets out to do in us. Let's just take a moment wherever you are and just give God thanks, give God praise, because he's worthy of all of it. Now, we're going to dive into tonight's word. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to come out the gate swinging when I say that the devil has no business in any area of your life. I said the devil has no business in any area of your life. We just spent a whole five weeks talking about insecurities and how God wants to take us out of our insecurities and put us into a place of security. We've been talking about this. Prior to that, we talked about what is it like now to come out of a place where you're in the trenches and now into a place where God calls you into ministry. He calls you into his marvelous life. He calls you into a space where you're changing the perspective and the paradigm of what it means to now walk in the trenches. We talked about what is it like when God works miracles and how God works in miraculous ways. This week, we are starting a new series called Make me. Y'all, if you're watching this video, wherever you're watching it from, just say that in the comment. Put it in the comment section of wherever you're watching this video. Father, make me. Father, make me. I got to tell y'all how we got to this point. Because we done came a long way as a ministry. I'm talking hills, valleys. Y'all don't even know sometimes the things that we got to do to come here every single week. And I'm telling you this. Adversity is always proportional. It is indirectly related to the place that God has you in. Some of you are in a place of adversity. You're in a place of struggle. You're in a place where you're like, God, I don't know what's next. What am I going to do? Father, am I even going to make it to the other side? And I want you to know this today, that God has a blessing for you that is directly proportional to the place that he has you in. So if you're in a place of adversity, I want you to know tonight that God has purpose and an intentionality for you. So I'm believing God that this message, make me, is going to change your perspective. So we're going to open up in prayer and we're going to jump right into first samuel chapter 2 verse 35 but i'm going to pray really quickly if y'all got a moment put your phones down let's just pray father we thank you god for this word 
We thank you, Father, for today because we know that today is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to share your word and we pray that this message becomes impactful and life-changing in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the comment section says, Amen. If y'all got your Bibles with me, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to read verse 35. I'm holding up two fingers to the peace sign, but 35 to 36. 1 Samuel chapter 35 to 36. Now, this is a powerful, powerful synopsis. And this title, this the, today's message um, is something that really kind of spoke to me. And although this series is called Make Me, I want us to understand that God cannot make us do anything. One of the most powerful things that God ever created in life was the will that he's given us to do certain things. God has given us the will to make decisions, the will to make our, our own choices, the will to choose the devil or the will to choose him. God will never make you, but God wants to make you. As some of you don't know today, is that yes, God has already made you, but God wants to make you. And the scriptures tell us that when we come to Christ, that we are a new creation and a new creature and a new thing. There is a remaking that has to happen before we can step into what God has called us to step into. Tonight, I want to set the foundation for this series called Make Me. This foundation is going to set up for the next five weeks. We're going to be talking about what does it look like when God makes us to be who he has called us to be. And the thing about this message that I believe tonight is going to not only change perspective, but it will help you to understand that sometimes it's okay to feel like you don't know what's going on. Sometimes we just don't know how to move or where to go or how to go about things. But I want you to know tonight that God has everything covered. So turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. We'll read from 35 to 36. And in this particular uh, passage of scripture, there's a couple of things going on. We have a couple characters. If you go back and read in context, you have Hophni and Phinehas, who are the sons of Eli, who is the priest or a high priest at this time. We also have a character that is not, has not been illustrated in the text that we're going to talk about a little later, and his name is David. Now, what's going on here with Hophni and Phinehas is they were priests of the church at the time, the church that they were ministering in, the church that they were moving through. They were like ministers of today. And I believe that somewhere in the context of this scripture, we can see that there has been a lot of church hurt and evidence can be found in scripture. Some of you guys have been to churches that have hurt you, churches that have sucked the life out of you, churches that have caused you to not become who God has called you to be, but churches that have sucked the life out of you and put you in a place to where you question if God has made you to be anything. Hophni and Phineas were two people, they were like, consider them ministers of the church or pastors or shepherds at the time, priests who were supposed to do the work of the Lord. Problem is with these two is they were disobedient. They represented a certain demographic of people who call themselves Christians, but don't follow God. I want to tell everybody here who's listening today that if you call yourself a Christian, I'm encouraging you to follow Jesus. Because the only way to walk through the righteousness of how God has made us is literally to follow Jesus Christ. And I'd say this to any person. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It don't matter what doctrine you follow. If you get Jesus Christ wrong, everything that comes after is wrong. And so Hophni and Phinehas, they found themselves in a place where they got everything wrong because they did not understand the revelation of Jesus. And because they did not understand who Jesus was, they were not able to experience the change that God desired for them to experience. And now fast forwarding to today, we see that the Lord had a conversation with Eli and told him, listen, I'm going to kill your boys if they're out here not taking care of my sheep. I'm going to take their life. And I'm going to put them in a place where they're not able to experience what I've called them to experience. Fast forwarding now to verse 35, we see 
that Hophni and Phineas are so disobedient that God says this. I'm about to do something that Hophni and Phineas would have, have literally chosen not to do, but I'm going to do it in somebody else. And before we dive into this text today, I want you to understand that there are people out there that are not following Jesus, but God said, I'm raising someone up and that someone is you to do what I have called you to do that others have said no to. There are people around you that will choose not to follow God because God has given them the choice. God has made us to choose. But I'm encouraging every single person listening under the sound of my voice today to choose Jesus. Because if you don't, it's not that the work won't get done. It's that you will forfeit a blessing that God has made for you. Here we are now in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, and it says, And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a shore house. Somebody put in the comment section, we're building shore houses tonight. We're building shore houses tonight. I will build him a shore house. And he shall go in and out before my anointed forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Yeah, forever. And everyone who is left in your house shall come to implore him with a piece of silver or a loaf of bread and shall say, please put me in one of the priest's places that I may eat a morsel of bread. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a teaching entitled, Make Me Sure. Let's talk about it. Make me sure. Somebody put in the comment section, make me sure. Because one thing I understand is that God wants us to be confident in him. But sometimes we lack confidence, not because we want to. We're just not sure. And I believe the foundation of what it is that we're going through today and what we'll be going through in the next five weeks is understanding that just because you lack sureness, Woo, I feel this. It does not mean that God is not working in your doubt. And I believe above all things that God will give us clarity to see things, the eyes to see things, the ears to hear things, the moment that we move in spite of our lack of sureness. Today's message is entitled, Make Me Sure. Let's talk about it. It says, Make Me Sure, and I will raise up for myself faithful priest, faithful priest. We began to talk about what that meant, that God is raising up faithful people. There's a certain group of people that are going to be faithful to God. They're going to follow Jesus. The question isn't, is the work going to be done? The question is, will God use you through your faithfulness? The raising up of faithfulness is found in obedience. We've been talking about this curse word for a cool little minute now, right? The question is, will you obey God? Are you going to be obedient to Jesus? Because when you're obedient to him, it opens up the door for so many other things to happen. Check this out. And I will raise up somebody who's willing for myself and faithful priest who shall do according to my heart and my mind. Let's sit here for a minute. Because one thing I do understand is like every priest, as Eli is speaking in this context, knows that their servants need to be faithful to what they're called to do. The typology that we can understand here in scripture is that God wants to raise up priests. It was just crazy because now my dude is here. He's talking about his own children. I mean, God is literally desiring to do something in Hophnius and Phineas through the, the sons of Eli that they're not willing to do. Now, now I want y'all to start to see yourself in this picture. See yourself as we're talking, as we're drawing out the picture here, that God might want to do something, but the question is who is willing to allow God to use him? And I believe that's for somebody here today. And as I was preparing this message, I found myself in prayer this week. I had gone to work at my day job, right? Because, you know, we got day jobs when we start this thing, you know? I went to my day job and, I, and, and then I found myself working all night. What's crazy, I said a day job, but I really worked at night, right? So I was working at night, but I slept in the day. And as I slept throughout the course of the day, I woke up in the evening. And I did something, I wouldn't even call it unconventional, but you know, I'm not really the best at this, right? 
where I chose to instead of get all like you know when you wake up you get right on your phone right away and you just like you start checking Instagram you start scrolling through stuff I woke up I didn't check the time I didn't check my phone I felt an unction in my in my spirit to seek the face of God so I got on my knees right next to my bed and when I got down I began to pray and I said Lord Father I need you Lord, I don't know what you want us to do in this season. Father, what is this next? What is the assignment that you have next for us as a ministry, as a body? Father, what is it that you want us to know? What do you want to speak to us about? And as I began to pray, something told me, shut up and listen. And I got down. I was like, okay, let me just, let me just be quiet. Because, you know, I have a tendency to talk a little too much. You feel me? I, I got a tendency to run my mouth. And, and, and the real, the real, real, I'm talking about the real Christians know exactly what I'm talking about, right? The, like, when you talk so much, God's like, yo, I need you to stop talking so I can tell you something. And I'm sitting here like, man, all right, my bet, bet. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. But I'm in my prayer. I'm in the mode of prayer. And as I'm praying and, and, and I close my mouth and I just allow God to speak to me in the silence, he started to put certain individuals in my mind to pray for. And I'm teaching you guys by example here today that sometimes when you're quiet is when things are the loudest. And I'm sitting there to myself and I started thinking about this person and that person. And as they came to me, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to pray for them. Father, help them, strengthen them. Father, make them to be something. Father, make her to be something. God, make him to be something. And then God stopped me in my track. And he said to me, son, why do you want me to make them something that I am still trying to make you? The fact of the matter was this. I got caught dead in my tracks. I was so dead in my tracks that I said to myself, Lord, I feel so sinful. Because sometimes the very things that we're looking to do in others is the thing that God is desiring to do in us. But he gives us the desire to do it for others to show us that it's something that he's desiring to do in us. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, God, what is this? Like, make, make them, what do you mean? Like, you trying to make me something? And he told me, he said, son, I'm trying to make you something. I said, Lord, like, I really, I feel bad, but like, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. I, I don't know how to get myself to that place or that point. But Father, Father, help me. And I remember going into the restroom right after I had prayed. And I called my daddy because, you know, we call our parents when, when we really need something. I was like, yo, daddy, like, how do you know if God is speaking to you? How can I be sure? Mm. He told me. One of the most ignorant things I feel like a parent could tell you just got me so mad. He said, son, you just going to know. And I said, you just going to know. You know what, dad, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, but I got to go. And he told me to my face, he said, son, if you are lacking sureness, go and ask again. I remember going back into my room space. And as I began to pray and I began to ask him, I said, Lord, like, what is it? What is it that you want me to know? How can I be sure of this? And right as I began to pray, I got a notification on my phone. The notification said, I was reading something that your ministry put on Instagram and it made me feel like I need to change something in my life. I was like, what? what, is, what? Not too long after I made a phone call and on the phone call, I was talking to one of my sisters on the phone. And she had her daughter on the line. And this one hit me so hard because her daughter, every time I call, her daughter will say hi. And I tell her hi back. And this time I, I made the call and it was dark in the space that I was in. And her daughter shouted, Javer, why don't you turn on the light? I can't see you. Turn on the light. It was a FaceTime call. I can't see you. And I remember telling her, oh, I'll turn on the light in a minute. I'll, I'll turn the light. I can't turn on the light right now. I'll turn on the light in a minute. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. The moment I got up, I said to her, I said, are you telling me that your daughter is going to make me turn on the light? And in that moment, I felt so much conviction in my spirit 
because I began to realize that God was giving me confidence even when I didn't even realize it. The first point I want you to write down is confidence will come whether you want it to or not. The question is, will you listen for it? The confidence of God finds us in so many different ways and it hit me that moment that I chose not to turn on the light, but God was trying to make me into something in that moment. And I realized that nobody can make you do anything just like her daughter couldn't make me turn on the light. But I said something here. I said, you know what? I, I want to do this. And the, what comes down to is the moment that you want God to move, change will happen. It says here now in verse 35, I will raise up myself a faithful priest, someone who really wants to do this thing, who shall do according to what is in the heart of God and in the, the mind of Christ Jesus. And I will build him a sure house. I will build him a sure house. Today's message is literally entitled, Make Me Sure. But the origin of this, of this, uh, of this lesson was founded right here in the understanding of sure house. Now, this might take us a few minutes to kind of talk about it, but I want to dive in because I know we're running out of time. In that particular segment, we start to talk about this thing called a shore house. And I asked myself this question, what is a shore house? It's one of the hardest things I was able to find in scripture. Like, I can't find much evidence of it. I don't see much, you know, dictation about it. And I said, Lord, give me understanding. And the Lord brought me to this verse. He brought me to... 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, where I began to understand what a shore house means. And we have to start talking about this word in portion so we can get where we're trying to go today. The first thing is you have to understand what the word shore means. Now, shore comes from the Hebrew amana. I wrote this down, meaning to be sure of something, to be sure. It's a primitive root that literally means to build up, to build up something, something that's permanent, true, certain, without question or without any doubt. This is, oh, stay with me. Sureness is that type of firmness in knowing that something will happen. No matter what the case is, I am absolutely sure. Y'all stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. Isaiah 30 and 21, if you're taking notes, write this down. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way we walk in it. When you turn right or when you turn left, something will happen when you are sure. You will just know. Just like I just knew. You will just know that something, you know what, I, I'm, I'm sure but I'm not 100% sure because to be sure means that you are going, that everything is going to work out, that everything is going to grow. You just know to be sure is to plant a seed that you know is going to grow. Write that down. To be sure is to plant a seed that you know is going to grow. In Proverbs 3 and verse 26, it says, for the Lord will become your confidence. God desires to become a confidant to us, a confidence to us that we can literally be in a space where we don't know something, but we just know something. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. To have absolute confidence in the Lord is to have absolute confidence in Jesus. To Jesus himself is the confidence that gives us the life that we need to move forward. Our confidence doesn't come from anywhere else. Our soreness doesn't come from anywhere else. But to be confident about something always comes from Jesus Christ. Watch this. Satan himself doesn't even give us confidence. He can't give an attribute of God. But God himself gives you confidence. Mm. So anytime you're questioning confidence, it's always Jesus. But anytime you're questioning doubt, you have to question where it's coming from. Y'all stay with me. It's now here I'm going to give you three ways. These are two fingers, but... Three ways. I'm going to give you three ways here that you can understand that God is desiring to make you sure of what he's now wanting to do in your life. And again, we're building the foundation to what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks. The first point is this. Write this down. The fruit is evidence of the seed. The fruit is evidence of the seed. We know this is true because if you look at Matthew 7, 16, Famous scripture, this isn't the one that y'all heard, but this has the same verbiage in it and it goes on a little bit further. It says this, it says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Y'all heard that. 
But y'all didn't hear this part where it says, and are grapes gathered from the thorn bushes or figs from the thistles? They're not. Why? Because you do not get apple fruits from an orange tree. You do not get grape fruits from a pear seed. The fruit is always reflective of whatever the seed was. So point number one, the fruit is evidence of the seed. Next, you have to understand it to be sure um, um, in God and to be sure of who he is and to be sure of what he's wanting to do in your life is to be confident in the evidence that you see in front of you. To be sure of God is to know what tree your fruit is from. I was studying in scripture and I came to this understanding that sureness had nothing to do with my feelings. But soreness had everything to do with the evidence that God places in front of me. The fact of the matter is this. The evidence that God gives you ultimately becomes the soreness that makes you think, is this God? Y'all stay with me because I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive so deep. I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to go over this a little bit here because I want to make sure you guys get this point. You will never see these types of random fruits from random seeds if they're not the same type of thing. You know that it's God because the fruit looks exactly like him. You know that it's Jesus because the fruit is something that Jesus produces. The question that most of us struggle with is not, is this God? The question is, do I even know what God looks like? But the fact of the matter is this. Nobody knows what God looks like, but we know what his seeds look like. Woo! I'm going so hard right now because the fact of the matter is this. His seeds are evident to what the tree looks like. This is a major key. You will never be 100% sure. Let me say this again. You will never be 100% sure. You can be confident. You can, you can be confident, but, but you'll never be 100% sure. You can be 99% sure, but you can't be 100% sure. So the question is, what is the leftovers? You can be 99% sure, but you still need at least 1% faith. I realize that being sure and confident in God it's not all entirely about me knowing that it's God, but it's about me believing that it's God and attaching what I believe is God to the faith that he's given me. And so the scriptures go on to say that, yes, if you could have faith the size of a mustard seed, the mustard seed relatively to other seeds is one of, if not the smallest seed that you can hold in your hand. The reference or the typology in this scripture is to understand that that seed is so small. If you can have even the smallest bit of faith, you still need it in conjunction to the most amount of sureness. Confidence in God and sureness in Christ Jesus comes when we absolutely know through sureness and faith. Let's talk about this. When we understand that that is what sureness is. And we look at, I know we're running out of time here, but we look at sureness, we have to look at the word house. Now I'm gonna run through this here. I want you guys to stick with me. The word house comes from the Hebrew word bayit, or bayit, depending on what part of the world you're from, bayit, meaning it means housing or dwelling place or abode. Write that down. It means, it literally means um, housing or dwelling place or abode. Every house is made for something to, to house. Every building or house is made for something to house. So the house is not a building, but the house is housing. It is something that holds something for a specific purpose. Y'all stay with me because we got to run through this thing here. This is so important. It's, it holds or it houses something together. If faith is like, uh, uh, how do I say this? Um, the question really isn't about like what housing is, but the question more is what are its components? If we look at faith, faith is like water. If faith is like water, then sureness is like a seed because the seed cannot grow without water. I've come here today to tell you that no matter how confident you think you are, when you're learning or you're growing in your faith, it is so important that we understand that our sureness, when we say, God, make me sure that it's you, 
He's not going to give you absolute faith to where it's just like, you just know, you just know, you just know. No, no, you know based on your experience and your experience trains your understanding to know that something is God. But you will never 100% know that it's him because you would always understand God. So we know that, that, that faith is like water and sureness or to be sure is like a seed. One cannot grow without the other. Why is that? Because faith is the catalyst and sureness is the seed. Y'all stay with me. Faith is the catalyst and sureness is the seed. I also want to illustrate this idea to you guys here that when we talk about housing and we talk about bringing these things full circle, right? I'm going to try to get these points and kind of scratch them together because I want to make sure I respect your time. That we understand now what it means to be sure. We understand that housing refers to the house or the, the, um, the, the holding of something, the harboring of something. We have to know that sure house has a different connotation to it. The sure house literally is, we'll talk about the actual literal meaning of it in this text and what it means as we're understanding the spiritual reference and the typology of it, right, is this. That a sore house represents something that is passed down from generations. I wrote down this uh, this exact um, type of uh, like verbiage here, and I want to make sure I read it like verbatim. So hold on, let me see if I can find it, so I know it's here somewhere. Oh, we're there. I know we are. Y'all stay with me. Oh. Well, it's in here somewhere, but I'm not even going to stress it. But it's to understand, it's literally to understand that, that a sure house represents a testimonial-like environment. And here's the reason why. When we read through the text, we can understand this. The text was talking about Hophni and Phinehas and Eli as the high priest. And how there are people around that are not inclined to do what God is calling them to do. And so he desires to raise up someone else who will say yes to him, even if they're not sure that it is God. And what ends up happening in this context is we see that, that, that God himself, that there was a shore house. He literally called him a shore house, meaning something that was going to be sure and confident, housing something from generation to generation. The only way one thing can pass from one generation to the next generation is if it's housed and passed down appropriately. A shore house is literally like a seed. And holding a seed inside of a type of environment. And the environment is passed down from generation to generation to generation. A line of priesthood in this context ultimately becomes you today. Today, God wants us to understand this. Back then, it was Hophni and Phinehas. And God desired to restore his body. So he talked about a man who is to come that we now know today is David. David was ultimately that priestly person that they were looking for to restore the image that God wanted to uphold. Today, it is you. Today, we find ourselves in that same context where we're not always sure that something is God. But just because we're not sure that something is God. It doesn't mean that it's not God himself. And so the idea of a sure house and, and trying to get to a place like, God, I, I'm not sure if this is you. God, I'm not 100% sure if you're taking me into this. Is to know that God has given us choice. And the choice in itself is to take our belief in sureness as a seed and multiply it with our faith to say, God, I believe that you're calling me to do something. I'm not 100% sure that what you're calling me is this or that. I'm not sure, but God, I will always trust you. I will always put my faith in you. And I'll always believe that you have called me to do supernatural things. You see, a short house represents a living testimony within the hearts of men down through the generations. And it's a living testimony because it's God's promise enacted. If you're taking notes, write that down. It is God's promise enacted. A sure house is God's promise enacted. That God wants to make you something. And that something that he's desiring to make you is something sure and confident. It is a seed attached with faith. It is your yes and your yes and your belief that God is going to move in you encapsulated in an environment known as soil. 
the housing that God has placed you in is soil and it goes from generation to generation. What God wants to do in you is to start something fresh and different that will heal the generations coming behind you. The Bible says that Paul has planted and Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. There is an act of planting that is necessary for God to give increase. There was an act of sowing seeds and watering them that is necessary for God to give the increase. But it does not start until we say yes to God. Where we say, God, here I am. I'm not sure if this is you. But I'm going to stand in faith and believing that it is you. And that I am sure in Jesus' name. And I will take my sureness to the altar and attach my sureness to faith. And that faith and sureness together will always yield a product of confidence in God. Our confidence comes through Christ Jesus. But the action that comes before confidence is a seed. It's soil. And it's faith. The moment that we take the seed of unsureness, of being unsure of something, and we plant it in the same ground where faith is, God will always give us a product, and that product is confidence in him. Family, I wanted to paint the picture for us today because I wanted us to understand moving forward in, this, in these next four weeks that God wants to do something in your life. But it starts with you saying yes to God. God, I'm going to try. And what's going to happen is God is going to speak to you. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you ideas. He's going to plant things in your mind. And you might not be sure that it's him. But even if you're not sure, take your sureness to the altar. It may be 1%. It may be 90%. It may be 99%, but it won't be 100%. But whatever is there, have faith in God that he will literally take your faith and your sureness and multiply it together to build confidence in him. Today, I want you to understand this as we bring this to a close, that God is working things out for your good by working good things in you. And as he's working out these things for your good, he's going to give you perspective and insight and revelation and things you might not have seen before. But your prayer ought to be this, Father, make me sure. And when I lack surety, become my confidence. God is the confidence that we look for when we don't feel, when we feel insecure, when we feel like we don't know what to do, when we don't know which way to go. The scriptures say that you will know because he will give you direction. Not when you're talking, but when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in that place of stillness. And if that's you today and you know that you're in a space where you're like, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're doing it, but I believe that you're doing something. I'm not 100% sure, but God, I know you're doing something. I, I, I really don't know which way you're going to take me, but, but God, I know you're doing something. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this thing out. I'm going to have faith when it doesn't seem like I should have it. I'm going to have confidence when it doesn't seem like it makes sense. I'm going to trust that you are going to help me. And God is going to take that sureness and that confidence that you have. And he's going to multiply it together with your faith. And he will help you to reach your destination. If that's you tonight, I want to pray for you. As we're diving into this idea of God making us to be certain things. Next week, we're going to be talking about, Father, he's going to be making us light. Like, what does it mean to make us light? Because one thing we know is this. Light was not meant to be in certain spaces. But light was created to stand on top of counters, to shine in places where it could shine in the darkness. God is making us to be something. But we have to understand that just because God is making us, Something has to happen before he can make us, and sometimes he has to break us. Some of you today might be in a broken place. Whether it is induced by the Holy Spirit, maybe you're going through a challenging season, I want you to understand this today, that God wants to do something great in you. He wants to make you to be something that you have never been before. But the idea behind God making you is that he will not make you do this. But when you choose him, he will take you, he will place your feet on solid ground, and he will elevate you to places you've never seen before. That's you, I wanna pray for you right now. So you put your phones down, 
lift your hands. Father, we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we just pray, God, that you would give us insight. You would give us revelation and understanding. Father, I just pray that you would speak to us in our place of confidence, in our lack of confidence, in our place where, where we're still coming to a, um, we're still coming to that sureness of you. Father, we pray, God, that you would make us to become a sure house, a place where our seed can be planted and housed and held from generation to generation, that new thing that you're desiring to do in us that, God, no one else will say yes to. Father, use us. Here we are, Father, use us. Here I am, Lord, use me. Father, don't skip over your people, but visit us, encourage us, and uplift us in Jesus' mighty name. And if you have not accepted Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, you're wondering, like, what are we so passionate about? Whatever platform you're watching right now, I want to extend an opportunity for you to come to know who this God is. You know, this is one of the toughest decisions to make because sometimes when people are coming to Christ, they're not sure if Jesus is real. They're not sure if this is the right thing to do. But, but that sureness, I believe God wants you to know today that he wants to take that sureness and he wants to attach it with just a little bit of faith that you're coming into this space with right now. And that he wants to turn your life around. I want to pray for you. And if that's you, you can put it in the comment section below. Whatever platform you're on, you can say, this is me. We would love to connect with you. Put a one in the comment section. I'm going to pray for you right now. And to all those who are listening, same thing. It applies to you. Just lift your hands and pray. Father, we thank you. God, for each and every single person who is coming to know who you are, to learn who you are. Father, I pray, God, for that man or that woman that wants to accept you as your Lord, as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray, God, that you will come on the inside of them in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing because we know that it is producing great fruit. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that that fruit would become the evidence that they need to keep moving forward, to keep trusting and believing that you are God and that you are God alone. Father, come into their life as their Lord and as their Savior. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who's watching and listening, we all said amen, amen. Hey, family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. And be sure to get your official Detox brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.